This podcast is intended for advisors and staff at cooperators. The views and opinions expressed are those of the subjects and do not necessarily reflect the official position of cooperators. Everyone knows my name. That's the the challenge. Being an advisor in a small town has its own set of unique challenges. Dan McDonald is an A1 in Prince Edward Island with offices in three small communities, Wellington, Alberton, and Tignish. And while life there is different, you might be surprised at how Dan's approach to everything from community involvement to staffing can be applied to SMAs of all sizes. So Dan, just how small is your SMA? Uh, it's very small. <laughs> my uh, my SMA is a blend of small communities ranging from about 550 people per town to 1,200. They're very rural, farming and fishing, a uh, variety of family demographics, a lot of old, but yet a lot of young people too. Our stores closes at 9 p.m. I have to say that it's like the Cheers theme song. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everyone knows your name. That's that's my SMA. What sorts of unique challenges do you face, Dan, because of the size of your SMA and the types of communities you serve? Everyone knows my name. That's the, <laughs> that's the challenge. I, I see them after work. When I go to the grocery store, the, the co-op, that's my grocery store. And, you know, I need to make sure that if I, you know, just so happened to bump into them that day, that our conversations went well. And so I don't have to deal with negative conversations afterwards. It's a 24 hour job. It is. It literally is. And uh, I've come to accept that, especially in a small area, maybe in bigger SMAs, you can get away with uh, shutting it off. But I mean, my God, I got, I got. People, they can't get a hold of me. They're coming to my house. That's like how small and rural it is, but it's also how comfortable my clients feel by having me as their advisor, that they just feel that they can can drop in. But what we do lack is there's not as many businesses or many job opportunities. You know, if we're looking to hire people, it's, it's tougher for me to find good uh, recruits. Uh, We deal with a lot of seasonal workers, um, other challenges. um, We have a, I like to say a major issue with our, with our internet. We have rural internet area. And if you ever Google PEI's internet problems, uh, I'm I'm smack dead in the middle of it. And uh, it's been an issue uh, specifically more this year, especially with our new systems that are up and running. And I've been having some issues with that and that's a challenge for me. So not a whole lot of major concerning challenges, but uh, we all have challenges and, and, and these are mine, right? Dan, you're not originally from PEI. So coming into a new community, how did you get to the point where everyone does know your name? When I first started with cooperators, uh, I didn't I didn't know anybody here. I, I moved to this area from uh, Charlottetown, and uh, I'm originally from Cape Breton, so I just kind of just bounced around. I was fortunate enough, though, my my wife is uh, is from this area, and she's got a good strong family name. They're they're, they're really good people. They're they're the Hogans. 
Uh, not like Hulk Hogan, but we do uh, say that we are related for sure. But when I moved here, for some reason, the Western part of PEI still reminds me of the memories I had growing up as a kid. It's pretty laid back. People will, you know, pull the shirt off their back to help you. Very genuine people. And uh, I, I knew I was in the right spot when I moved here. And, you know, getting back to your question, um, I knew I had to take my personality and, and give it back to my communities. Well, I started with music. I, I sang and played guitar. So I, you know, I went to a few events and I was asked to, asked to play and I got up on stage and I explained who I was, what I did, uh, what I can do, take every opportunity. Went from there and then I, I, I play a lot of golf and I went to the golf course, got, you know, introduced myself. And uh, now basically they actually got a beer glass with my face on it. It's uh, it's gotten to that point, and uh, and it's uh, it's quite comical. But I guess to make a long story short, my staff and I serve. Uh, so by being a part of community events like town festivals, town school events, sporting events, healthcare events, funerals, every little event that's going on, as a financial advisor, especially being new to an area, you really got to put yourself out there. Uh, whether if, if you're feeling uncomfortable, just get there, make those first steps to walk in the door. Like, uh, you know, a big time lawyer in the area asked me to be a part of the, the chamber. He was the, the president of the Chamber of Commerce. I started as a director. Now I'm the vice president. And I know he's molding me to be the president because they, they asked me last month and I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, got, got a lot on my plate, but I saw this coming a mile away. Well, you're not alone on that, Dan. I think we have a lot of advisors who are involved in their local chambers or business associations. So what's your competition look like in small town PEI? I'm fortunate enough that I, I don't really have a lot of it. It's the, the credit unions, uh, Scotiabank, CIBC, but I'm, I'm fortunate that those uh, locations, Scotiabank and CIBC, don't have any like uh, mutual fund advisors licensed there, but at the credit union they do. But from what I find there with the credit union, there's not a whole lot of, I guess, relationship building. The, the, the person that's there is just fed the clients. Here you go. Where, where with us, we, we have to do a lot of fact finding, a lot of discovering, a lot of relationship building in the beginning and earning that trust. Where at the bank, they actually see how much money's in your bank account. Oh, you got 70,000 just sitting here in your savings. You might as well put that in your TFSA. Oh, okay. We don't know that. We, we actually have to earn the trust of the client to actually deliver that information to us. And that takes a lot of uh, hard work and preparation. And, and I got some people from Investors Group and Sun Life and whatnot trying to come up into my area and, and trying to win my clients over. But I, I do think I do a good job of putting the block on for that. Uh, when I first moved here, starting to getting to know uh, people in your community and letting them know what you do, we, we just um, did the co-op challenge with a, with a medical center in one of my communities of Tignish, and, and we gave them $25,000. And they invited me to go to a golf tournament, and at that golf tournament, the, the major sponsor was Investors Group. 
They sponsored the whole, they got up and they said some speeches. So after it was all done, said and done, the next week I went to the manager of the Tignes Health Center and I said, you know what, next year I want to be the major sponsor because everything that they just said, we can do that all here, right in your town. Keep it local. Same type of investment, same type of professionalism and knowledge that you can get, it's right here. And that, that started probably back in 2014, i say, and I've been the major sponsor ever since. Uh, I get up, do the exact same thing, investors group, to let everybody know that you can invest your money with cooperators, talk about our core product shelves, everything that we can offer is no different than the guys coming in from away, right? They're coming in because they know that there's money here. And then they take it and then you never hear from them for years. Me, you're going to see me every day. So might as well just keep it here. In terms of staffing, Dan, as you alluded to, um, it's a smaller market, smaller number of people, smaller number of probably qualified people. What's your strategy for finding staff? I've done the whole Indeed, you know, ads and whatnot. It's just a waste of time and money. I'm always... uh, looking for good talent, good employees out there almost every time I'm out and about, right? So um, whether it be at Tim Hortons or at a restaurant or at a convenience store or at a car dealership or whatnot. And uh, actually, I did take somebody from a car dealership. He's working out really well. And you got to do a little bit of digging too, right? So I was looking for a financial service representative and um, I was at the home show. You know, my staff was there talking home insurance. I went around looking for recruits for a financial service rep because I knew uh, some Sun Life Investors Group people were going to be there. And that's what I did. And I just went around. I said, you know, there's got to be some people around that's got a year or two in of experience and isn't quite sure if commission-based industry is quite their forte, but they do have some talent. And I got a few names and then I, you know, investigated on them a little bit through my Facebook friends and asked them, hey, do you know this person? And some were like, yeah, you don't want to hire that guy. And then some were like, well, you know what, maybe you should uh, reach out to her and uh, make a long story short. I just hired a fantastic individual from Sun Life and I'm looking so much forward to working with her. Knowing how challenging it can be to find staff, Dan, what do you do to make sure that you keep the good ones? I was fortunate enough that I did not lose any staff through COVID. But what I what we did develop was more of a bond and more of a team during that time. We started a lot of wellness programs. So every month we do something together as a team. One night we just went out for dinner. Uh, next month we went bowling. The next month we did meditation. Uh, next month we went for just a walk in the woods, took the staff to a blue rodeo concert, took them to just the Cavendish Beach Music Festival concert. Just, you know, we get creative and they actually now have fun picking our monthly uh, wellness activity. It helps with retention and retaining the good staff that you have. We truly need to show our staff that this is absolutely the best place to work. And I truly believe it is. You know, I like to consider myself a good leader. I'm not a boss. I don't point the finger, none like that. I just like to lead by example. 
We have a lot of competition out there that is also looking for good staff, and especially now, people are wanting to pay top dollar. So I highly recommend to any people that are out there listening to take a look at your own personal financial model, see what you're currently paying your staff now, how much that you can actually increase the pay in staff, just so you can have that protection. Because if you never experienced somebody leaving your company and there's actually a hole in your structure, it could make chaos in, 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 your, in your business life. It can cause a lot of stress. And uh, when, when you're down an auto representative, uh, you know, you, you, you can see how important an auto representative it is in your industry if they're not, when they're not actually there. Because it just happens at the worst time. Well, it could happen when everybody's on vacation. I'm done. You know, it's not usually people that quit on me, to be honest with you. It's actually, um, it would be me deciding if they're not the right fit for the company. So I'm, I'm the one that does it. And sometimes it just leads up to a point that it's me making the wrong decision of when the termination process starts. But um, if you do have some trouble in your business operation, you really need to take care of it sooner than later. Because the more you let it drag on, the more it's just going to spread like wildfire in your office. And the good staff that you do have, you are putting that so much at risk that those good staff could possibly walk away from you, all because of one person. And um, we've had an awesome two years. Like we've we we got rid of the bad and stuck with the good, and increased pays and did these team building. Uh, activities and uh you know it's it's showing uh it's showing this not with our, our our attitude in our office but with our with our results and uh i'm i'm highly confident that we're going to continue to be a leader in this field and we're still continuing growing dan you're known for having some really good stories what's your favorite work related story Oh God, I, I got way too many. <laughs> uh, my father-in-law, he's a, he's a huge uh, church goer. Um, his church is like my golf, right? I love to golf and he loves to go to church. So it was a uh, Easter weekend. His sons and daughters were all sitting in the living room and, you know, he was going to go say a decade of the rosary at the little side chapel of the church. And he asked if anybody, any of his kids would like to join him. And they're all like, no, 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 right? And then he asked me, and I was like, you know what, Jimmy? I, I need some prayers in my life. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, right? And he said, Dan, you, you just follow along. You won't have to say a decade of the rosary or nothing. So I go in there, and I'm sitting beside the ex-credit union manager, we were saying the rosary and whatnot, and I was following along. And then after the ex-credit union manager finishes, he nudges me in the shoulder and says, it's your, you're up, it's your turn. I said, <laughs> luckily I thought back to my old uh, altar boy days and I was able to rhyme them off like I said them every day. So make a long story short, I got back to the office and guess who gave me a call? That credit union manager that was sitting beside me at the little chapel there uh, in Tignish. I needed a couple of hundred thousand dollars to make executive builders. And lo and behold, this gentleman reached out to me and asked me, he was retiring 
and he had some pension money with, with Humus at the time, and he invested his money with me, and he invested his wife's money with me. I made executive builders that year. It was right around December 1st. Since then, he's referred another credit union manager uh, to invest with me, and because of her investment has made me an executive builder, and another previous credit union manager that I invest their money to. I was at a meeting once where the guy, he was, he was from the Million Dollar Roundtable, and, and he said that you need to have faith. It is a funny story, but it's also a good funny story, a good, warm-feeling funny story. So I had some funny times that made me successful with this company. You've been listening to Advisor Network Podcast number 35 with Dan McDonald. A reminder... If you subscribe to this podcast on your phone, new episodes will automatically download so you can listen at a time convenient to you. We'd love to hear your feedback on the Advisor Network podcast, or if you've got story ideas, or even just give us the name of an advisor you'd like to hear from, or even if you just need help to subscribe. Send me an email at brad underscore scott at cooperators.ca. Can I apologize for the squeaky chair? I got the shittiest chair in the world. (laughs) Oh my God, this chair is so loud. No, hopefully, can you hear that?